Hello and welcome to Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. Joining me for this discussion on instrumental metal music is musician Raymond Charles, aka Stay Metal Ray. Ray is one of those people that I have admired for many, many years on YouTube. He's known for bringing big riffs and an even bigger smile to everything that he does on both YouTube and Instagram. He's living proof that just because you're a metalhead who loves big, aggressive sounding guitar riffs, it doesn't mean that you have to be dour and serious all the time. You can play with so much joy that it's actually infectious. Ray was kind enough to come onto the podcast and dive into a topic that he is well known for. In fact, this conversation took place just before the release of his first ever solo album, Chronic Pain. If you're listening to this, the album's already out. It came out on June 24th, 2022, and is well worth your time. In fact, I've put links in the show notes, and you should make sure you go and listen to it right now. I wouldn't even be mad if you pause this podcast right the second, went and listened to the album, and then came back. That is totally fine by me. But now that you're back and you've listened to the album, it's amazing, isn't it? He's one of those guys that just has so much fun doing what he's doing. And really, that is the heart and soul of this conversation. This is one that took many turns, if I'm being honest. I didn't actually see a lot of this coming, but I'm glad. It's a conversation that really speaks to so many of us. Even if you're someone listening to this right now and you're thinking, I'm not a big metalhead. I don't really know much about instrumental metal music. Well, that's totally fine. We do, of course, talk a bit about some of the technicalities, the writing process, that sort of thing. But really, a massive chunk of this conversation goes into what it means to be inspired, to have fun when you're creating something, anything really. And in all honesty, I came away from this conversation just feeling really pumped. And I don't mind saying that this conversation was definitely one of the things that gave me a nudge to pushing this podcast into a weekly format. So what I'm saying is that there really is something for everyone in this conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Right, that's enough from me. Let's get straight to it. This is Instrumental Metal Music with Raymond Charles, a.k.a. Stay Metal Ray. Hello, Ray, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Thank you so much for having me, dude. I'm really, really stoked to just hang out with you and just talk about, you know, whatever happens. But I'm, I'm here for it all. I'm just really excited, man. Thank you. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, now, so, yeah, speaking of what happens and what we're talking about, I was racking my brains with you in what to go for. And I think we landed on something that I think is fascinating because you can offer a sort of a twofold look at this as someone who's inspired by clearly and enjoys the content but is also a creator, and that is instrumental metal music. And it's something that's right up my wheelhouse. Anyone who's listened to the show for more than five minutes knows that I'm big into this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's been a while since I've had someone to come on who can talk about it from those two angles. So I'm really excited to get into it with you. So I guess to kind of get us started then, I want to know, let's go right back to the beginning then. What, when did this sort of interest in music in general begin for you? So my interest in music in general is like some of my earliest memories mm. um, in in life. Um, just being in my dad's house, just hearing like at the time, like early 90s music, like Metallica's The Black Album, Pearl, nice. Jam's, Pearl Jam's 10, mm -hmm. um, you know, like all that like grunge era, S STP, Alice in Change, all that stuff. So I grew up with that like in my house. 
Um, so music was always just kind of a, a constant and always around. Um, so I just, you know, I think, I guess I would say naturally gravitated towards it just because it was a part of my everyday, you know, home life. Um, yeah. But then, like, once I got a little bit older and I understood that, you know, what what these records or albums are doing, like the people playing are doing, playing the instrument, how they're coming about to to play the riffs and stuff. Um, mm. Around, like, 9 or 10, I really started to take an interest to my dad playing guitar. Because my dad mm. always had a guitar as, like, a uh, a hobby. Okay. You know, like, just kind of sitting around the house and every once in a while he'd pick it up and play like some Led Zeppelin tune or, you know, mm-hmm. like just, mm-hmm. just mess around with it for a bit. And just the combination of just hearing music all the time and then seeing my dad be able, being able to recreate those mm-hmm. riffs and, and that stuff. That's like seeing his joy, like was so rad because what ended up happening was I ended up learning, like, I think the first riff I ever learned was like sunshine of your love or oh, you cool. know, like, yeah, like, right. cre- like cream, you know, it's pretty cliche, but like, I could do that, and I remember him listening to it, and him like being all like stoked that I could do it. <laughs> um, so just seeing like that was like my first, I guess, experience of like playing a, a piece of music and and getting a reaction out of somebody. Right. So like all, all that encompassing, just like at a really young age, nine, ten years old, really just like kind of set me up mm. for the rest of my life. Though I really didn't know it at the time until much, much later, but. Yeah. That was just like the infancy of my like obsession and constant passion for music in general. Mm. And I, do you know what? I think you've touched on something there that is such a great way of putting it. The joy, the joy on someone's face like that is, that's something I can personally relate to absolutely the same of, yeah, when you, that sort of making that leap from hearing a song that you go, oh, I love this. I love that sound. I love that riff or whatever it is. Yeah. To then picking up an instrument. And obviously we're talking a lot about the guitar for this one. And there is something magical about that, about the first time you you get the sound, even if it's not quite right, you know, yeah. if it's not the, technically the way you should play. I mean, how many people have learned Smoke on the Water, but then find out years later they didn't play it right? It doesn't right. matter. Because <laughs> it's, it's that initial spark it gives you of just pure joy and being like, oh, okay, I can make something here. I can kind of replicate this. And it sort of sends you on this journey. You're absolutely right, yeah. And um, I uh, grew up, with divorced parents only child mm-hmm. and in like a, a really kind of like uh rural area like not a lot of buildings and stuff so mm-hmm. i'm only bringing that up for playing guitar because like i was i spent a lot of time up here just right. a big giant imagination i had to as a kid because mm-hmm. you know just just victim of certain not even victim just circumstances that be so yeah i was i was always playing to myself and for myself playing the guitar and like mm. I was getting myself excited, like being able to nail like you know I don't I don't know like the solo to whole lot of love like that was like that was super rad or like the the voodoo child riff stuff like that. Mm. But then like the very few occasions when I gathered up the courage to show my mom or dad, like and then seeing them being stoked on it was like the coolest thing. Because yeah. I was I was really shy and still kind of am to some degree, but I was like crippling shy as like a nine, ten, eleven year old. So like yeah. I was always in my room and like kind of just being that weird metal kid by himself, just just jamming <laughs> on his guitar. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> can relate, can relate. Yeah. So, I mean, t- taking us through that then. So yeah, you sort of mentioned a lot of, I'd say like classic kind of nineties bands and rock stuff that yeah. you're getting there from your parents. So, what sort of other bands and influences then came along in those formative years for you? Yeah. So 
it was a com- it was weird like it was a combination of of t- two styles mm. um like i got what i got from my dad predominantly my mom to some degree but my dad really um and stepdad too was just like the classic rock 60s 70s like yeah. aerosmith aerosmith boston zeppelin sex pistols the clash van halen all that so i had all that as my upbringing but then i grew up like by the time i was like old enough to like save up a little bit of money to get a cd i was like you know it was like 2001 2000 um which is just at like the tail end of like the new metal wave uh right. so like bands like linkin park and limp biscuit yeah and 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 corn and disturbed and that whole movement like that was so rad that was like what i was getting at like elementary school and you know mm-hmm. slipknot's in there if i didn't mention it mudvayne all that stuff um and I would get it from like the older kids on the school bus, like the third graders were talking about like Limp Bizkit. And I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> you know, like, this, this is, this is like not what my parents are listening to. And I didn't even really know too much about it. I just knew it was like, I shouldn't be talking about it or listening to it or listening to people talk about it. You know what I mean? Like it felt yeah. like it was like, it was like a bit of a oh, rebellious thing. So <laughs> like, right. it's just, it's just a combination of like new metal uh-huh. and classic rock. Yeah. That was that. And it, it honestly kind of just stops there from like my mm. formative influences yeah I mean, there's, there's, that's a very it's a combination of being incredibly niche but also to think of all the amazing artists in those two subgenres of rock and roll like yeah so like <laughs> that may not sound like i listen to a lot of stuff but i have a, <laughs> i have a ton of influences in there like along the way like everybody from yeah even like john Frusciante, like Chili Peppers, mm. they're not, they're not really, I don't know what they are. They're like funk, rock, but like, yeah, you know. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but mm. I mean, I had that in there too. Just like anybody who played a guitar and it was good in that time frame, like, mm. you know, generally speaking, I was pretty much like on board with like, even yeah. if I wasn't a super fan of their music, like I could at the very least mm. learn something from them. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing, isn't it? I, I, I very much subscribe to the same mindset of I've, was that way as a kid and still am now like that's my primary music taste is like yeah if i hear a guitar and i go oh what's he doing like you just you're just sort of drawn to it um yeah for yeah sure. i mean and those two sort of broader genres as you mentioned like a, a new metal and a, a classic rock i love that i love that intertwining of like your parents influence obviously that's obviously what they would have grown up with yeah and now it's like you take that step for yourself and I was sort of in that same era. In fact, when you were talking, I just glanced up because I've still got a few CDs left. And I oh, can yeah? see, yeah, I've definitely got Matoria and Hybrid Theory up there. Like nice, I've saved dude. them. This nice. is one of the, some of those albums that I'm just like, I can't let them go. And I no, think Chili's Peppers is up there somewhere as well. But Don't get rid yeah. of them. Yeah, dude, I have all of my CDs still. All, like every <laughs> single one. I did, At this point, there's no point in selling them. But yeah, mm. keep Meteora, keep Hybrid Theory, dude. Those, I got my copies yeah. at my mom's house. <laughs> That's it. As a couple, I got rid of a few recently, like a bag full, and it it honestly felt like giving away a kidney. It was just like <laughs> it's a part of you, man. Yeah, it's 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 a part of your youth. I get. That. I feel that way yeah. about. I still have all of my Pokemon cards. Do you know what you're going to love this? <laughs> but that episode that just came out at the time we're recording this is all about Pokemon, and we talked oh. about cards, and I've still got some. So nice, yeah. dude. I have to I go. Have to, please send me that that link or whatever so i can listen to that because i will i'll be be geeking out on that yeah it was good fun but yeah it's those kind of things you say that then influence you and it's funny when you say those two and obviously i i kind of have a little bit of a background here because i've been a fan of yours for a few years now 
watching oh, all your thanks, videos man. on YouTube. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. Honestly, it's without blowing smoke. Like genuinely, it's. I was like, this this guy's got something really interesting here, and as people oh, can no you. doubt tell from listening already, you've got a very lovely manner as well, which is quite nice and, and is important genuinely for, for people uh, on YouTube. Thanks, man. I know I'm making you blush, but still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the reason why I'm saying all of this is because, um, yeah, that's something that stands out to me when I listen to your music, you know, and sort of the stuff that you create is you can hear those influences quite clearly. It's like, okay, I can definitely hear the new metal and then I can hear the classic rock and there's a interesting blend. And I think that kind of leads us on to the, the idea of this instrumental stuff. So I'm guessing you're growing up, you're playing the guitar and it's interesting, right? Cause I feel like when you're, when you're a guitarist and I'm, I'm gathering you're somebody who's like, you say you're shy, you think, I don't want to be a singer. I don't want to be a front man necessarily. Nah, nah. Yeah, you're not, not bothered. So it does sometimes feel like your options are limited, right? Like you think, well, I have to find a singer. I have to be in a band. So how did you sort of end up in this place where you're just thinking, right, I'm just going to write riffs and piece them together? Like how did you end up in that creative yeah, spot? I, I've learned a lot about myself <laughs> by being around other musicians and just mm. putting myself out there to the world. Um, I learned that it's kind of cliche, but if you just like, if you have a creative vision, yeah, you know, no, you want, you know, the cliche saying is if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Um, and it's, it's, I didn't really understand that until I like really just submerged myself in being nothing but a creative person for weeks, months on end when writing. Um, and I've also learned that like, I'm I'm a firm believer in like capturing the moment and capturing like a, a a specific point in time. So what I'm trying to say is like when it when I'm writing and when I have like a certain amount of work ethic, I don't spend weeks on a song. I don't spend months on a song. Mm. I spend like three or four days arranging, and then like I spend like about a week on a song. I would like right. Think. And by the end of the week, if I don't like it, I either shelf it or I scrap it completely or i finish it so it's like i've learned that a lot of people don't work that way a lot of people really want their music to be like perfect and they're mm. always chasing like the perfect song and i heard lars ulrich ulrich from metallica say one time like when is it when are you actually done a song what does that even mean yeah like, you can always tweak you can always add i've always i've always heard that like alex van halen said that one time right you know? so in order for me to get something done i'm just like this is what my brain wants to create at this mm -hmm. moment in time and I get it done. Yeah. So that I found that about out about myself, kind of getting more back to your question, mm -hmm. had like my options being limited and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always, and I still to this day would love to be a part of like a band. That's like a real genuine team effort, like mm -hmm. a, uh, a Beatles of sorts for contributing members. Right. You know, you know, depending on who, whose book you read, kiss was kind of that way too. Okay. Uh, depend. You know, I guess it depends on whose side of the story you hear, because they're right. not on good, not on good terms. Mm. Um, but like just being a, a team, a Van Halen, a, a Led Zeppelin, I would love mm. to just be a part of that camaraderie. I think that would be super rad. Um, but but just just through trial and error, I just realized that um, just having bad luck with bands and having bad luck with just mm. scheduling, you know, just things just not working out and having personal problems with you know other people having personal problems and stuff like that so long story short i was just like dude i have 
so many songs that I want to present in a band setting that mm-hmm. just aren't getting done. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm like backlogging them all in my brain. And I'm like trying to remember, like making sure I don't forget how these songs go and how I want them to go, because things just kept getting pushed off and delayed and delayed to where I couldn't create or I just couldn't get the this these ideas this thing yeah. out of me, and that thing was like sixteen songs of original material, right? That have just been carrying around in my brain for like the last couple of years. Yeah, I, like I couldn't. I I literally was like losing sleep over it, not being able to get it out of my mm. head. So I just ultimately just decided, dude, I have to get these out, and I picked the nine best ones mm-hmm. out of them, and then created my album, which will be out next week. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's so That's, cool. That was a long-winded answer, but like, no, it's it's what I was after, to be honest. And uh, thank absolutely, you. that will all be linked in the show notes. By the time this episode comes out, yeah, your album's out. I've uh, at the time of recording, I've only heard I think two tracks. Yeah, but it sounds that, awesome. That, that's all. You, oh, thank you. That's all you get though. Just two. That's all I get. <laughs> two two teasers, and then the full thing will be out in a week and a half. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome, man. And anyone again who's like myself's been watching you on YouTube for years, and I know you've put out various demos and and different ideas, and you you know often come up with stuff as you're testing gear and. Yeah. That's something that's always struck me is it's like, oh, you seem to be somebody that, yeah, is is clearly very creative, but is also very good at just knowing when to end something, you know. And, I, and I, I'm fascinated by this idea of, of taking a song and having it done in a week, because you're right. I think many, many people, myself included, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't approach it that way or will often go back and have that that frustrating tear your hair out kind of mentality. So... Yeah, I'm wondering how you ended up in that headspace of like, no, it's done, and sort of having the discipline to do that. I because like I lo- like I said, I kind of love this like capturing the moment, the vibe. I read like these mm. old, you know, wearing my my influences on my sleeve. I re- I read these stories about how like Van Halen, the first album, mm. was recorded in like a week. Yeah, it's a live album, isn't it? Pretty much, it's like yeah. they just jammed, and then Van Halen two was recorded in three weeks. Yeah. Like those are like my favorite Van Halen albums. They're like arguably mm. the best Van Halen albums and they have like Eruption and Running with the Devil and Dance the Night Away and all these mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. timeless classics. And if those dudes could get it done in a week's time and or three weeks' time, mm. you can get your band done in mm. that time, generally speaking. Yeah. So that is like such a motivational, inspirational thing because you can always write more music, but mm. just Pump, pump out an album. Just pump out. These are the best ones. And if you have more, if you want to rework it, you could always rework it. Do like a re, you know, version two. You know, Voodoo Child, slight return it. You know what I mean? Like, sure. If, yeah. If you yeah. Really, if you really want to do it. So, um, but man, you just gotta, you gotta realize that like, sometimes you just gotta get it done. Like, just you're only on this planet for so long, dude. Mm. Make something. Make something cool. Capture a moment. Yeah. Don't don't spend eternity, at least in my opinion, spending eternity on, you know, the most minimalistic thing. Like, I don't know, like how many how many mids should your amp have? Like who yeah, you know, like something yeah. like that. Like, who cares, dude? Just let it rip, you know, print it. Put it out there. See what happens. You know, I, I just I don't know, this is how I think, man. Just let it let it rip. Send it. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. And um I think you're right. I think that's I don't know if I'm right. It's just... Well, yeah, I, 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 I mean, funny enough, I had a discussion with somebody 
going back a few months now uh, about Oasis in the band, and I didn't know a lot about them. And we got we just got talking about music and stuff in general, and we landed on sort of this idea of overproducing albums and you know how sometimes it goes on for too long and yeah. and very much what you're saying of like some of the best records in almost any genre it seems like the stories are of people just capturing things discovering stuff Dude. in the moment led zeppelin led zeppelin sorry to interrupt you, but i was no go for led it Ze- led zeppelin was recorded in 30 hours whoa like the, the first album led zeppelin i, I did not hours. know that yeah so like okay. i hear all this i hear all this stuff it's like dude the best rock and roll musicians of all time could get it done mm. and like i'd like a day and a half full you know full 30 hours yeah you can, you can get your you know your solo project done or your band's demo done you can get it done man come on now yeah and i mean because we talked about it and we were saying how you know on the other sort of reverse side of that you get stuff like and it's not me having a go because i love them but guns and roses you know and yeah. famously you know like chinese democracy ended up being an absolute disaster because it was overproduced because it just they spent literally a decade and you know or longer in the studio and it was different people and it sort of lost yeah. that spirit it lost what the original album like appetite was probably done in you know a very short amount of time i can't yeah. quite remember i've read biographies on it but i know it was like yeah just like full years. attitude yeah. <laughs> full attitude full attitude and you know like all the you can argue all of the first albums generally speaking are mm. like the best just full of just like yeah. going for it you know what i mean like the the first slipknot album is right a, a fan favorite it's mm-hmm. so it's so underproduced and it's so raw but it's like mm. it's a fan favorite so there's something to be said about just like just going for it and doing your very best and like capturing a moment because like mm. we don't capture a moment anymore when we record you know everybody sure. everybody's got a, a a band or a side project and like everybody's so focused on making it perfect mm. and my album i have like many mistakes that i love like mm. like where i hit an, a wrong note but like that's how it goes now or like i'll I'll bend at a tune like i'm there's a spot in like a solo like where i didn't nail the bend perfectly but it's like dude i was trying you know like when yeah. i recorded it i was really trying my best and i captured something that i'll never be able to duplicate and replicate so mm. you know like i, I kind of just like enjoy the imperfections of it all yeah i think that's a really a really actually inspirational and and a humble way to look at it, I think, man. Because I think, yeah, yeah, you're right. If it's if it's overproduced and and overdone, it's not enjoyable to listen to. And if you're working on it and you're doing, you know, thirty takes in a row, um, just to get that one little bit or so, it's not fun for you, is it? If you just sat there going over and over and over, if it's just not working or you're not feeling it or whatever, you can just be like, "What's the? Why am I doing this?" You know? It's like a, it's like a, it's almost like an inaccurate representation of who I am. Sure. Cause like, yeah, I can't. I, dude, like some of the stuff I wrote, mm. um, is so hard, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was right. like practicing it last night, in this very spot, and I was just like, dude, like I gotta play. I, I'm gonna play this stuff live, and I'm like, I have my work cut out for me. Right. I, I don't. I didn't realize how like intricate some of the stuff is, and it's like all over the fretboard and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because I kind of originally wrote it with not live in mind i just wanted to write mm-hmm. a good album but like yeah. now trying to replicate it and recreate it <laughs> kind of shot myself in the foot in some, some regards <laughs> it's like so it's like so hard but and like yeah. so like i'll have to go from like a clean patch to like a heavy distorted like mm. with like you know clean patch with reverb and you know pitch shift yeah like 
some mm-hmm. some intricate patch right into another one. So I have my line six helix on the floor here, just looking at. It. I might have to use that mm-hmm. just to have all the different presets and stuff. But yeah, I sorry, I kind of ramble and just. No, 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 it's fine. This is this is this is what it's all about. Um, something I wanted to kind of hone in on a little bit was yeah. you were saying before this this whole thing seems to be born out of almost embracing your limitations, right? So you could have just sat there and think, well, I've written these songs or I'm writing songs with perhaps melodies in mind and I'll just wait until I get a vocalist. But clearly you've just sort of gone, well, I don't have that option. It's just me here. I'm just going to go for it. So sort of what was the moment where you kind of felt like, okay, I need to change my tact here or how did you sort of approach composing once you knew you wanted to go down this road of sort of more instrumental stuff? It's a good question. Um... I just knew that I, when it when it's when you're creating something for an instrumental album or just release, I kind of realized that like you really can't have a low on the action. Okay. Because and the reason why I say this is because like when you write with like a vocalist in mind, it's not frowned upon to like just have a guitar sit out for a whole measure. Just don't play. Yeah. You know, like just don't play. Like let let the drums do a thing and let the bass or let you know let just drums just bass just guitar yeah. anyway like there's spots where you're allowed to let the song breathe and like nobody has to be slamming at the same time. Well, when you don't have a front man, a front woman, a front you know lead vocalist, lead person of the the, the band, the entity, you kind of have to like fill in the gaps. And what I didn't want to do was just be like, all right. You know, this is a shred album. I'm going to shred now. Here okay. we go. Ready and shred for nine songs. Like, like, like that. that's really impressive. But it, one, it's been done to death. Two, mm. I don't want to create that. Sure. So what I just decided was like, what's the, like, the heaviest, bounciest r- album I could come up with? And mm. just like, make it like kind of, borderline like a a movie soundtrack game soundtrack workout playlist or just something to like i don't know when i listen to it i just like smile and like just Mm -hmm. kind of like nod my head for 40 minutes anyway i just wanted to to create something that evokes a an emotion of just enjoyment for music yeah, it's the best way I could describe it because I'm not gonna shred your face off and I'm not gonna, you know, sing on it. So it's like, you know, I'm not gonna pretend like it's something that I can't create or it's not an accurate representation of like my creative thought process. You know, mm. it almost feels like it goes back to you as a kid. You know, hearing that riff for the first time and wanting to play it. It's like capturing that joy again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I, I want you mm. to in the words of David Lee Roth. You know, I sell <laughs> I sell smiles for a living. Here's yeah. here's one here's one for you. It's free. Like that's mm. like such a like such a rock star thing to say. But like, yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. It's like you know, I want you to just en- enjoy the listening experience. You know, mm. there's certain there's certain feelings that I felt when writing it and creating it. But I just want you to. Uh, have a favorable, enjoyable listening experience. Yeah, whatever absolutely. that entails for the whatever that entails for the individual listener, that's up to them. But I just hope you enjoy it. Yeah. So when you're kind of approaching that and thinking about that, then I, I suppose it's a challenge to you as well, right? Because not only are you just gonna because, like you said, uh, typically instrumental albums can sometimes just be 
let shred for a whole album and yeah don't be wrong i mean one of my favorite albums uh, of all time is passion and warfare by steve Vai. Oh, and it's amazing if you're listening and you haven't heard that album go and listen to it right now and come back to this conversation because yeah, it's, it's phenomenal it's, it's amazing but for like every one you get like that you get a million sort of dime a dozen and this is not me knocking them because listen i'm not a shredder i don't have the dedication or the patience for it but it, yeah. it loses a bit of feel i think to it so i can see like okay you want to avoid that path mm. then i guess the next challenge then is like well do i just do a whole album that's just riffs 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 and then can that get a bit monotonous for me or for the audience sort of yeah what's what do you kind of think when you're writing that do you kind of make a point to say okay i need to break this up or do something different yeah yes you you've mm. brought up a lot of great talking points and and yeah, I, I'm everything rambling, you're so apologies. No, I no, it's great, dude. It it <laughs> takes takes the pressure off of me. You're like you're you're killing it right now. So, um, what I I guess like going back to the non shred thing. Yeah, it's like mm. for me, I think one thing I've realized too, I don't have the like memory space to memorize all those notes. Like mm. that's so that's so many notes. You know what I mean? Like it is, isn't it? How, like, how do you remember yeah. all that? Like, yeah. God, man. Uh, I still need to like remember how to play like Crazy Train and stuff. Like I gotta like mm. keep some like yeah. some stuff in there, you know. Like I I can't brain dump everything for just a, a shred album. But I'm just I'm impressed by like how they're able to memorize all that stuff. But um, mm. yeah, like I always came, I came up with this analogy a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like shredding or like soloing or just performing. It's like the it's the difference between like an auctioneer, like like. And blah, 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 hundred dollars on like yeah, that, like yeah, yeah. Versus like a Martin Luther King speech. Interesting. Okay. They're both. You're both. You're both making noise out yeah. of your mouth. You're both, you know, creating mm. this essentially at its core the same thing, mm-hmm. sound. You know, but one is just doing it for the sake of doing it really, really fast, but isn't saying anything, and the mm. other one has dynamics and and. Mm. You know, it has like volume swells and it gets really loud and powerful. Talking about Martin Luther King, it gets, yeah. really, gets really quiet and really so like listen to mm. him speak. He doesn't say all that much. But the words that he chooses to say are like incredibly inspirational, impactful and just, you know, life changing. Yeah. So, so like I view that with like with creating music. It's like, yeah, you can like say like shred something incredibly impressive, but. The guitar is not a sport. It's not a competition. Right. You're you're yeah. not trying to like if you can out shred me, you don't win something. Yeah. So it's not a sport. Mm. So I just try to like find the gap between like I can't just riff the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's bore that's boring. So like trying to bridge the gap between like dynamics, quiet parts, loud parts, heavy parts, emotions of like being sad, emotions of I try to I try to write may sound silly but like with a very nostalgic thought process like I try to like think of mm-hmm. you know think of like the past when when writing so I try to create like stuff like that or um you know I just try to create different moods and vibes but all at the same time kind of it like understand that it's okay that I'm not like shredding or I'm not singing I don't have mm-hmm. like a just a lead guitar it's like a the sonic landscape of everything that makes it a th- that makes it a finished product, not just like one standout guitar and then just like a backing track. Mm. That's kind of just like how I view it. Just I really like that 
speech analogy I mm. thought of. I really, really like hold true to that. I think it's a good way to keep myself like inspired or something like that. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point as well. And, and I like what you said about it not being a contest. That's something that I've personally come to think a lot more of when it comes to the guitar or just music in general is you're right. It's, it's very different. Like some people treat it like it's an athletic thing, you know, like yeah. they want to be the fastest in the band. And you're like, that's cool. And some people just naturally, like you say, have the memory for it. They have the discipline and it's cool, but it's not very impressive if, if that's all you can do. And it's not because the whole point of music and the whole point of doing something of, of composing, which is ultimately what you're doing, what any of us are doing. And we sit down to play and write something. Yeah. Is, is, is to make you feel something. Is to, you know, yeah. give you that sense of, of, like you say, whether it's nostalgia, whether it's happiness, sadness, whatever, it's, it's got to hit you. And no offense, if you're just, you know, widdly widdlies for, you know, an entire song, it's like, okay, I'm impressed for about a minute and yeah. then, I'm, then I get bored because it's like, well, what, where is this going? It's like my mom, has, my mom has this running joke. She went to the Grand Canyon years ago and then just like, yeah. st- like stood at it. I got the edge and looked at it. I was like, how long are we supposed to look at it? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a good, it's yeah. such a good point. Like, it's is, awesome. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but like, you know, I imagine it's amazing, but like, like she says, like, is it like, is it frowned yeah. upon if I leave after a minute? Like, how long yes. do I have to, you know, it's so like, <laughs> it's impressive, but like, you know, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that, yeah. maybe that pertains to just music in general. It's like, you could be impressive. Mm. but like doesn't doesn't mean we, like you're gonna retain my attention yeah that's true and i and i guess sort of i'm just thinking about you know the some of the people we've mentioned i mean funny enough van halen eddie van halen is probably my favorite guitarist or one of at least mm-hmm. uh he has his own episode here um oh yeah i did a tribute for him when he sadly passed a few years uh, ago that was, that was rough man it was horrible but like listening back and i, I had such fun like discovering all this music so my dad introduced me to him Cool. And, you know, and then, then I picked up the guitar and then I really appreciated him. But something that stood out, and I think it was something that Slash actually said in the interview, and I managed to get the audio for it, was he had this kind of blues thing going on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just that he was, you know, Mr. Finger Tappy Shreddy. Like, he could do all that stuff. It was great. But it was almost like an afterthought. Or it was just like, he would do it, have a bit of fun, but it wasn't the core of the song. You know, the core of the song was a song you know something was, he'd was, written with was, the bands you know it was the it was the riffs it was yeah you know and yeah. it was or it's the groove or it was something in there that he clearly had so much joy creating and all the technical stuff was just well i can do it you know so right. i'm just going to use the tools that i have to create and yeah. you know that's i think that's such a, a really intelligent way of looking at it it is it's it one thing that's cool about like van halen like the early stuff too it's almost like show tunes yeah like, uh, yeah i'm the i'm the one like Mm-hmm. Like the guitar is like, like that's yeah. show tune stuff, and then like, like what is that? It's like you know, like yeah, like I said, like Broadway like stuff, like show tunes, like I was saying. So mm. like, there's that element of Van Halen in there too. It's just he just so happens to be able to like, you know, play insane tapping licks and crazy stretches and all the other stuff he does. Mm. That's just like his songwriting is amazing. Yeah. yeah so sticking with that i'm thinking about your inspirations then so when you decide okay this is the route i'm going down i'm I'm writing these songs i'm thinking about the dynamics i'm trying to be a little bit more engaged with what i'm writing and playing and feeling who do you look to as like an inspiration to to start writing stuff like this uh pop music 
100%. Really? Yeah, dude. Like, literally pop music because pop music is so obtainable to the masses because it's such a formulaic approach to songwriting. Okay. Doesn't mean I take it one for one, but that's a good place to start. Like, the two songs that I released so far, Endorphins and Neckbrace, are the shortest ones okay on the on the album and that was like by design because with like you know call them the singles mm-hmm. um people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter so those songs barely they live like kind of around the three minute mark both of them yeah and even that even that could be a little bit long but um i kind of realized that like to keep people's interest with instrumental music you gotta you gotta like i said kind of a little bit ago you got to constantly be moving no breaks and so like i kind of just view it as like what's like the shorter songs kind of say what you got to say and get out don't like hang around too long just make it an awesome track say what you got to say make it you know rad killer interesting but don't stick around too long like Mm. try to just dip out because otherwise it just gets repetitive or like you know if it's if it's like like an impactful song yeah it doesn't need it doesn't need to be like a, a an epic song epic songs are great but like i think mm-hmm. they're kind of a a thing of the past i mean i do have like mm. one song on the album that's like seven minutes long and then another one's like and then there's like a couple that are like five and a half but um anyway i kind of just revolve around pop music like mm. the the song structure like intro verse pre-chorus chorus verse two brit like there's something to be done or something to be said about that stuff. It's been done so many times, but it's amazing stuff. And like, even like old Beatles is very yeah. poppy, you know, very poppy. And it's very formulaic kiss, mm. very formulaic. Paul Stanley talks about not breaking the rules of songwriting. You know, mm-hmm. I would, I, I take Paul Stanley's advice because, you know, he created a pretty successful band and he wrote a lot of their hits. So yeah, I just kind of look for like modern stuff as a as a way to just like see i don't know just how they're doing it cuz you know they're successful musicians and i don't necessarily like the music but i i take inspiration from the songwriting process i honestly did not expect that answer <laughs> <laughs> well thanks I, thanks man um yeah i uh i love like especially like 80s early 90s pop uh-huh. like TL- tlc madonna mm-hmm. S- selena like Britney Spears, Christina, like that stuff's amazing, dude. <laughs> like you know, I love that stuff. Yeah, honestly, yeah, you're not wrong. It's one of those funny <laughs> things that's like, I feel like it's very taboo if you're a metalhead to be like, I like pop music, you know. Oh, I know, dude. Know, always, some have, guys will crucify you if you said that, yeah, you know. <laughs> we, we always have to look like we don't, we're not enjoying ourselves. We all have to wear the same <laughs> black t-shirt and black jeans. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's like, ah, we're allowed to, like, we're allowed to enjoy ourselves a little bit, like. Right. If I like if I like Ariana Grande and like I'm judged by that, then I can live with that. Like, sorry, <laughs> she she writes good songs. Same with like Rihanna. Like Rihanna, Rihanna has like a hundred hits. Yeah. So I don't know. I look to that stuff for inspiration for sure. I'm not. I'm not mm. even ashamed at that. I don't even care. <laughs> I know. Who Who'd have thought this feels like a scandal? Stay Metal Ray listens to Rihanna just just in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. I can live with it. But it's, do you know what? It's something that I think is really awesome. And it, it's, again, kind of in the spirit of this show, very much of exploring different fandoms and pop culture is things can cross over. And the idea of inspiration 
it doesn't have to be necessarily uniform. You know, like we were talking earlier about obviously like new metal and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah people can listen, like myself can listen to your music, hear the big riff and be like, yeah, that reminds me of, you know, corn and stuff like that. Yeah. But then it's fascinating that you're obviously looking at a broader scope of music and going, well, okay, what are the pop people doing? And you're so right. It's something I find because whenever me and my wife are out driving and like she she will listen to more pop music than me. I, I make no bones about it. Like my music is generally, if it has high gain guitar in it, there's a good chance I'm listening to it because it just makes me smile. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. If, but if we're out driving and she's putting on something, you know, and it's a song, like I said, like a Girls Aloud or a Britney Spears or something, I'll catch myself now paying more attention to, okay, what's the bass line doing in this? Or what's the drums? It's like, oh, he's doing something really cool and different. Yeah. And like you say, the song structure. And if you're a musician, I think, that is so important. I've come to appreciate this now more over the last few years of like, don't shut yourself off from stuff that you don't like, even if it's not for you. Like, even, I can't imagine you just sitting around being like, okay, I'm going to chuck on, you know, a, a Britney Spears album today. But I'm sure if it comes on, you might be going... <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be surprised. <laughs> well, I'm not going to judge you if you do. If you do, fair enough. But that genuinely, I think it's so cool that you can then hear that and then go, okay, I'm now going to take this and I'm going to put it into what I do, which is in the complete opposite end of the musical spectrum. That's Dude, that's so cool. Check this out. Like, there's a Meshuggah just put out a brand new album. They did, and it's awesome. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> what I think the what's the the first song? Broken Cog. I think it's so. Like, yeah. Dun, 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 like it's a sick breakdown for like three minutes. Yeah. Anyway, it's almost the exact same cadence or similar idea of like jumping, jumping by Destiny's Child. Right. Okay. Like, leave your man at home. Like all that is da 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 da. Like mm. it's just starting out with like this rhythmic cadence thing, and like that's like so mashuga. Yeah. Like, just it's like very staccato, in time, in sync. We're all playing the same thing. Like you know, a metal mm. breakdown. It and like, like when I heard that, that's like where my my head went. Like it right. just sounds just like the intro. Of jumping, jumping by Destiny's Child, and I love, <laughs> I love that song. So it's like you know, people, people will probably be like, oh, you know, you like that? I'm like, yeah, man, it's it's mm. great songwriting, and they do the exact. They were doing that. That song, that song's like twenty four years old or something like that. They were doing that right. in the late late nineties, and now Sugar, who's been around forever, just put out a brand new song in twenty twenty two and has the exact same mm. intro feel and like staccato kind of cadence based rhythmic in sync pattern i thought that was like the raddest thing that is yeah and that that again that's just blown my mind but i think you're absolutely right yeah i can hear it and it's like yeah you're, you're spot on and yeah again isn't that cool that you can hear something totally different in that and then it's yeah you can just take it and run with it Yeah, like I and you know, it's just um, I don't know. It's just fascinating how like that those two genres are so divisive, but at its core, mm. it's just like that's a sick intro mm. for you know a a, a, a female fronted pop band yeah. of the late nineties or an all male band from you know europe that's like yeah. a, a pioneer of gent music it doesn't matter it's just music's music and if you write something sick 
Doesn't matter mm. what genre of music you're in. Yeah, totally. And you can just yeah, you can fit it into what you want to do creatively, yeah. what makes you smile. And yeah, that's awesome. That's really yeah. really cool. Thanks, man. Honestly, when he, when I first asked that question, I was like, he's gonna say like Slipknot and Sugar and you know, nah. these are the bad. But then it's like, no, Destiny's Child. <laughs> I, like, but why the, not? On, yeah. On this last on this last one, I listened to a decent of Mashuga just because mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard not to like come True. on like it's hard not to especially mm-hmm. for like that bounce and the feel like yeah that that's huge a, a lot of like old Limp Biscuit West Borland does that really really well listen to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like with for riff inspiration um then yeah just like a lot of like Zeppelin and Van Halen too for just riff inspiration mm. um yeah like I don't really listen to metal for song structure. Every once in a while, but like, unless you're a dream theater or a rush, like progressive mm. music doesn't really get like super duper famous. But no, it's not, it's not necessarily that I'm, I'm personally seeking out to blow up or be famous. It's just like, mm. let's call it how it is. If more people like my music, that's a bonus. Yeah. And I like the music that I write if it has like a pop mm. structure, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think that's something to that, man. Genuinely. Um, there's something in the simplicity yeah. of, of bands. And, and I was thinking about this the other day because um, obviously with the passing of Taylor Hawkins and the Foo Fighters, yeah, it's just awful. But I was thinking about, you know, they're the biggest bands in the world. You know, they're touring, they're doing all these massive stadiums. And then I thought about like, yeah, why don't the more technically impressive bands like a Dream Theater, for example, tour? And it's because they have 20 minute long songs which whilst they are absolutely incredible in terms of like if you were to sit down and analyze the structure and what everyone's doing it's it's just insane yeah but there is something in the simplicity like the Foo Fighters will put out a very straightforward rock song which you know like you say it's probably similar to pop in terms of the structure it's all it's designed to be enjoyed right it's, yeah. it's written with a simple like I had this idea we did it it's five minutes done and that's it yeah. And a crowd can get behind that, right? An audience can hear that. You can pick up a groove, you can pick up a line, something that, a melody, something that just catches you, makes you smile, makes you want to sing it or dance to it or whatever. Yeah. Paul, and there's an enjoyment Stan- behind it. Paul Stanley called it the hook. It's called yeah, a hook that's for, it. Call, yeah. So, called a hook for a reason. Yeah, you've got to have and then, that. And then you want to like anticipate it when it, and you want mm. it to keep coming back. and keep like That's why it's the hook. So uh, Pantera called it the money riff. <laughs> like, uh, Cowboys from Hell is just all the money riff because it's just yes. Like, I guess when they were, I mean, I I don't know the full story, but I, I'm assuming whenever they were writing that, they're like, dude, let's just make the whole song the majority because like that's mm. the good, that's the cool part. Like one thing that's like a a down, in my opinion, a downward thing, mm-hmm. for lack of a better description, with progressive like rock and like even gent and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like. The cool part only comes around once, generally speaking. Right, yeah, yeah. That's that's always a... Bu- like, every sick Meshuggah part, they don't play it, like, more than once in the song. Like, very mm. rarely does it, like, come back around. Yeah. And that's, like, the only thing that, like, stinks, in my opinion, about that. Because, like, I don't know, like, there's certain spots in, you know, that band's music catalog where it's, like, you know, it's the best part of the song. You anticipate it, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't come mm. back around. You can't like anticipate it. You just have to anticipate that literal part of the song because it's a progressive song. It doesn't like have a chorus. It doesn't. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? No, I do. I do agree. It's it's often the way with with sort of progressive stuff, and we're talking about instrumental metal. A lot of that it does fall into that kind of category, right? Where it's, I think it's technically really impressive, and like you say, you can listen to it maybe once and be like, "Oh, that was really good," but then you're kind of hard-pressed to remember anything that sticks. There's no little, like, earworm afterwards where you're, like, yeah. humming a riff or humming a, a part that you go, oh, I really like that, but I want to go back. Because, as you say, it's they're just deliberately designed in a way where they are just kind of moving through different passages, and there's yeah. a place for it. There's a place for it, absolutely. But to your point, how many people are going to hear that and then go, I want to come back to this, yeah. either in a live setting or in a you know re-listening to it over and over? I was going to say, one band that's killing it with instrumentals is Polyphia. And they have mm-hmm. their songs have choruses, like right. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs, one of their older songs, is uh, James Franco. It's called, and like okay. that has a really distinguishable chorus line, and they bring it back like three or four times. Mm. Um, Animals as leaders has a song called Physical Education. Yes, and it ha- yeah. that has a chorus. Like they yeah. do that riff like a dozen times in that song, and like that's the earworm. So like that, yeah, that sticks, and like that's arguably one of their more popular songs so mm. um it's just fascinating like there's no right or wrong way to write a song it's just mm. for me it's just like i i come from the land of you know the the og classic rock dudes that's just like that's my main source of inspiration and just upbringing so yeah i naturally gravitate more towards that style of song yeah. structure versus like i didn't grow up with like dream theater if i did or steve i if i did mm. like i'd probably i'd like to think i'd probably like that a little bit more but just victim of circumstance you just you <laughs> grow up and you like what you like you know yeah totally and all right and thinking and when it comes to you playing then it's also you've got to think about the enjoyment factor right of something that you're recording you're going to take it on tour you're going to basically be performing this yeah repeatedly so am i right and thinking it has to be something that just makes you feel good when you play it. You enjoy playing those riffs. Do you, do you do you feel a pressure just out of curiosity to like mm. to like um when like you ever you post online or whatever mm. like or you have to like post like this like insanely technical like shred thing? <laughs> as someone who hasn't put much out musically, um, no. But okay. if I did, and I have considered going down that road multiple times, um. Yeah, I think so. I think there would be a, a thing of like, how will this be good enough to stand out? Yeah, or you even like when you're, you know, see a, a, a certainly a certain amount of guitars behind you. Um, <laughs> whenever you pick them up, like, I don't know, I, I only bring this up just No, go I'm for curious. it, go for it, yeah. Um, There's a brief stint there and me being on, you know, online all the time doing the whole YouTube thing where mm. it was like around like early 2019, 20, like, yeah, like early 2019, mid 2019, I was like, those videos I was playing arguably my best and like really like writing like intricate stuff and like writing good solos where I thought were good solos. Mm. And it was taking so much time to come out with those videos and like create that way because I felt this pressure to like perform right at, at like a certain level because I'm, you know, I'm on the internet. Um, but then like it just became exhausting and it wasn't like what I was into. So I was just mm. like, man, screw this. I'm just going to do what I like. Yeah. And like, I think, that's like kind of like where I found my niche of like just writing cool riffs. Mm. Yeah, I I can with a lot of practice I can solo here and again, but I just like writing riffs. So kind of like what you're saying, you got to enjoy yeah. it. I think that's how we all got to feel. We all got to enjoy what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, to your question though, yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, there are times <laughs> where 
yeah, I, I had that for the longest time, uh, especially when I got into home recordings. Obviously, I set this podcast up and then, as you pointed out, and many people listening will know already because they get referenced often, <laughs> my guitars are sat here. Um, and yeah, you're right. I've, I've got into recording and writing songs and having all these ideas in my head and go, right, I'm going to do these. And then sort of, yeah, there's, there's definitely, I felt that pressure of, of is this uh intricate enough is this you yeah, know technically just... is am i doing enough am i adding enough to it and, yeah and this kind of weird thing of do i need to do more and then like you say you see people on on youtube and doing insane incredible stuff and you think oh what's the point but to come back to your point i kind of come to realize that it's just about having fun mm-hmm. um, and something i want to ask you about because i've found this just in my very very brief dive into this world um I'm assuming with your writing and playing, you sort of get into playing bass and programming drums. You sort of add any other instruments. How, how did you find that affected you in your songwriting? Um, it it's the only way I know how. Um, right, and that's just from doing years of like YouTube demos and videos. Mm-hmm. Like uh, anytime you get, anytime I get like a, a new piece of gear on my channel, I try to create a demo song just for fun. Mm. Yeah, um, something you can headbang to for a minute. So, like, that's really kind of just, like, the infancy of me, like, starting to write my own riffs. I've never, I never really cared to create my own thing until mm. I was doing this. I was, I was content with just, like, playing my favorite cover songs and being really good at that. Um, but it wasn't until I started, like, doing YouTube that I wanted to really create. So, I just always have had programmed drums, and I just always write to the drums. I just, I just... I always come up with like like I used to Superior Drummer Three. I come up with a simple drum patch that I find in like a in one of the libraries that they have. Mm-hmm. And like if it like inspires me, I'll just start you know looping four eight bars with it and just jamming with it. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, like once that idea comes about, then it's like all right, now we have a song or a riff to build a song around. Then I like ultimately will track the bass and um like fine tune program the drums. Yeah, that's. That's all I know how to do. I've never really written anything with like a drummer in the room or anything like that. Nothing mm. worth, nothing worth like bragging about. You know what I mean? Oh, no, not so. But I'm just thinking about it. And am I right in thinking that that helps take the pressure off a little bit then when it comes to writing with guitarists? Because I found that when I was, as a guitarist, you kind of get in the headspace of you feel like you have to, like you said earlier, that sonic landscape, oh, it has to be filled. But it's a little bit short-sighted when you've just got the one instrument. And then when you start adding drums or bass to it, you quickly realize, oh, no, there are other elements here. And what I've mm-hmm. got is good enough. And I can just leave it and move on to something else. So, like, you're asking, like, did I feel, did I at first feel pressured? Like, there has to be, like, a, a ton of guitar. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did that, adding that other elements to it help you in that way? Um, It certainly did help take the pressure off in, in mm. the sense I didn't have to, like, just be all about guitars like there's a ton of like you know there's like uh contact instruments in there as well like mm-hmm. choirs and and strings and and samples and sound effects and all that stuff um so i ne- i never i never have pressure when writing any anyway i don't get like mm. pre- pressure really okay it, when like i said a couple minutes ago i felt pressure to like be proficient yeah but that was a short stint and ever since i stopped caring that's like when I. <laughs> that's when I've had a lot more enjoyment. Yeah. Um. So like I don't feel pr- like 
pressure or anything like that. If I come up with a riff, I know it's good. Like, yeah. I, if I felt inclined to write a whole song around it and like record it and fine tuned it, it's it's certainly my best. I did my best, so I yeah. like it. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't feel pressure writing. It's just like, mm. I guess what's cool is like I can add whatever I want in terms yeah. of like sample or like MIDI instruments stuff like that um yeah so like i think it's to answer your question the best way possible it's kind of cool not having to have my guitar be like the main yeah folk focal point all the time like i can mm. just make a good sonic landscape with mm. me just have happening happening to be a guitar player yeah and I think uh, I'm right in thinking that sort of helps to make you a bit more of a confident songwriter then because you know there's these other elements you can pull from and add and sort of think a bit differently about it. I I really think I'm a good songwriter if I even if I didn't have like other el- like okay. What I'm trying to say like mm-hmm. I, I kind of get back to what I was saying just before this last question like yeah. My like uh, how I said my whole philosophy is just get things done. Yeah. Don't 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 worry about stuff. I like I said, if I spend about a week on a song, and if I really get to the end of the week and I've really just put everything I can into it, whatever mm-hmm. that song ends up being, if I enjoy it, and if I enjoyed it while I was creating it, mm. I think it's very foolish to all of a sudden start second guessing yourself when it's done, right? Because like you literally just build it from scratch, and yeah. you know, obviously we we get to the end of the you know the process and it's not a good product, but like. If it, if you, most times you kind of know if it's, if you're onto something, at least I, I'd like to think I do. Yeah. Um, so I just like, I, I don't, I don't let myself build up my own pressure because it's like, I just get in, get out, capture a moment, capture a vibe. Mm. And, and that's it. Like the majority of my album was recorded in a week. Wow. Before I, before I did like, I did like seven, I did a bunch of songs, but out of the ones that I picked for the album, I did seven in a week. And then when I came back from tour, I wrote my last two in like three days time a piece. Like the two songs that were released were the last two that I wrote. And I worked on them in about with like three days to spare. Wow. So amazing. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know what, I don't know what that says or means, but um, yeah, I just try to just get in, get out, have an idea very spur of the moment and like i obsess over it for that short amount of time mm-hmm. and then i'm done and yeah it's like ah, ah all right it's out i don't i don't like to just like harp on like songs because mm. i have a whole bunch of other stuff that's waiting still waiting to come out in the yeah. near future anyway i already got you know i have a ton of stuff in there so i want to get it all out yeah i have no doubt it will be a second album of very shortly along along the way. <laughs> yeah, I already I'm already like getting excited to like write about it. My first one's not even out yet. Well, that's how it's, it should be. It's like it's like you're clearly enjoying it and it's you've got all this stuff going on and you know, I I genuinely think this could be very inspirational. It's inspirational to me. I'll say that now just this uh, genuinely man. and I I'm hoping to people listening that will feel the same way. Perhaps if they're stuck at home, they've got the guitar, they've got all these ideas and they're thinking, yeah, but you know, I don't have a singer, or I don't have a band. It's like you can get virtual instruments, you can get other stuff. And to your point, just have fun with it. Don't worry about it yeah. being the best. Just bring those elements in if you want to. And if you think it will help give you a bit of structure. But the key thing that I'm getting from you is just 
have fun. As long as you're enjoying it and it sounds good and it makes you smile when you hit play, you've done your job. Yeah, it's like have have fun, but also believe in yourself. Like, right. I've seen a lot of musicians in my local area recently that like they just like don't see how good they are. Okay. It's always like there's always like an excuse of like this isn't right or I'm not ready for this. It's like it's it's like I I it's irritating because I I'm like dude like you're you're adequate at the job or whatever. Mm. Um, so like just believe in yourself, man. Just go for it. Like I don't. I know I'm not like the best guitar player or anything like that, but like I genuinely feel in my heart that I created something really rad and that a lot of people are going to love. So I have to feel that way before anybody else can certainly get on board. You know, yeah. I got I got to think it's rad before I tell somebody else to check it out or, you know, I'm not gonna be like, Hey, here's my album. It's all right. If you want to check it out, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like nobody's going to be like, Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Like, yeah. That's yeah. so true, man. That's so true. And I'm a big believer that, with all forms of art, that that is so transparent. If the artist is having a great time and they believe in what they're doing, the, the quality, so to speak, is almost irrelevant. It's like, as long as that comes through, that's the bigger yeah. carrier. If like you say, if someone's kind of like, I did this thing, it's all right, or I don't really like it, or if I'm not enjoying myself, it's very transparent, I think. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And just looking at all the major popular artists who aren't like mm. cocky rock and roll stars but like the confident ones that are just like awesome yeah they just the way they like prince is like the epitome of that you know he, right the way he carried himself like he was and will forever be the man like yeah like prince was awesome and everybody like mm. knew prince was awesome because he knew he was awesome you know what i mean <laughs> it's like even like i don't know just all professional for people like in the spotlight that are professionals like athletes like yeah. Like, you know, the the confident NFL players, like they just carry themselves, believing in themselves, and that's why they have fans. Yeah. So like putting yourself out there is incredibly terrifying. It's terrifying every day if you yeah. let it be. But dude, just go for it, man. We're like I said, we're only on this planet for a short amount of time. Just just send it. Just see what happens, you know? Just let mm. it rip. Have have fun with it and work really hard and just believe in yourself and see what happens. I think that's such a, a great message to get out to the listeners. And, you know, I, yeah, it's it's awesome. And again, again, when we're talking about something like this genre of music, if you will, like all forms of music, really, it's so broad nowadays. So you don't have to worry about it being exactly the same as what's come before or as good as someone else's. It's just if it's you and that's what comes through, yeah. that's, that's what makes it different. That's what makes it worth putting out there, right? Yeah. And let's be like... I don't know. I, I let's <laughs> let's be real. It is so easy to like you have the ability to have the entire world in your pocket on your like on your phone. True. If your music's good, people are gonna let you know that it's good. Yeah. And if it's bad, they're gonna let you know it's bad. People are mm. very, very brutal online. Mm. So if you're worried about that, whether it's good or not, you're gonna find out really quick. Mm. Either through somebody telling you, or you know, it, I'll just leave it at that. You can get a vibe. Yeah. So if it doesn't do well, you learn from it, and if it does do well, you learn from it. Like mm. the only way you won't succeed is if you don't put it out, if you don't finish it. Yeah. You'll by default get better on every aspect if you just put something out, just True. by listening to people's feedback. 
and just is just the act of doing it and you'll learn mm. okay this didn't work in terms of like releasing it on this day or through this website whatever like you just learn so just do it just go for it you know yeah that's true yeah i suppose you'll never it'll never be perfect i find that even with the podcast i i've said this before like i'll always listen back and go oh, i could have done that differently or i should have said this or but it's not oh, to, yeah, it's not yeah. to beat yourself up it's just to kind of go right okay i'll learn and hopefully the next one that comes along you get better you understand how to use your equipment or you understand how to write something better and in exactly. terms of like what you're doing here i mean you said it you know just before we started recording that like you've you're running all of this out of like a spare room and a couple of laptops you know and you're making it happen and the something i've learned in lockdown in particular as well is there's never been a better time if you're someone listening to this and you're like i could get onto this genre or even if it's something different with your instrument now is the time like getting home recording stuff has never been easier putting it out there has never been easier so if you've got doesn't these ideas you, just do you, it doesn't even have to be music just right. anything yeah just, absolutely just do it man like i i just um as i get older i see a lot of people i grew up with and stuff they kind of just like they seem to just give up on like their true passions in life and it yeah. doesn't have to be like you, you turn your passion into a job or you know monetary value but like sure I don't know, man. I just feel like as people get older, they lose like what it means to like have fun and like enjoy mm. and like I don't know, man. It's like there's so much worry and so much like care about everything, and and there's never been like you said, there's never been a better time to just go for it and just like make it happen. Yeah, and whatever whatever scene you want to be a part of, just send it. Get in there. Just mm. work really hard and just make connections and friends. I mean, I've. I've only been doing it, I only say only because it feels like it's been an eternity, but I've only been doing it <laughs> five years. Right. And I'd like to think I've I've gained a decent amount of, like, I don't know, just uh, traction, we'll say, mm. um, over, over in that five-year span. And then, like, you look at, like, people like Ola or Ola mm. England or something like that. Like, he's he's, like, got, like, 12, 13 years into this. I'm yeah. not even half halfway into what he's put the time in so it puts it into perspective like where will i be in it's uh eight more years to catch up to Ola's 13 right now for example like you know i'd like to think I'm, i'll be a lot more successful than i am now so just yeah yeah just keep going man just start and just don't stop it'll happen totally i mean on that question on that note actually i was going to ask i wanted to ask you like was it was um seeing all of the other guys on youtube in this similar kind of sphere give did that give you a little bit more inspiration to kind of keep going and put more stuff out for sure so like i never i never once have wanted to quit ever never mm. once i've been bummed and dejected and frustrated yeah but like i've never never once saw like ah I, i'm gonna give up right. um but those dudes i look up to them just for inspiration on a daily basis just in general um because they all the the big names started doing the exact same thing just yeah got a camera and a guitar and just like turned that into like not only a career but like in a personality like a, a celebrity status even yeah you know, like and um i don't necessarily like seek that out but like mm. i mean it's called how it is it, it definitely wouldn't it's definitely a good thing in my opinion to be recognized for your hard work yeah. and or musician skills so um i look up i look up to those dudes a lot just 
like you said, just daily inf- inspiration and motivation. They're um, all of them. They're awesome. So yeah, for sure, I definitely look up to them. Yeah. And I suppose the thing that I get from watching them and from watching yourself is there's clearly the message to just be yourself and to put that out there into the world, right? And yeah. not, not not try and pretend to be someone you're not. It's a, it's such a cliche thing. Like, I never understood it, mm. you know, because, like, when I first started YouTube, I would Google how to be successful YouTuber, you know, how to start a right. YouTube channel. Right. And, dude, they, they all said, just be yourself. Just be yourself. And I was like, oh, God, that's such, that doesn't help. Like, <laughs> like how do a million I million followers? Yeah, like how do I get to a million subs? You're not yeah. like that. I, I've I've been myself my whole life, and I don't have any subscribers yet. That's not working. Um, but yeah, like being silly now, but like on, on a serious note, yeah, just just you are such a unique individual, and mm. um, everybody's so unique and and just one of a kind that you can you can always like find an audience i truly believe everybody has the ability to find an audience yeah like the world doesn't need another guitar shredder or, mm-hmm. or a guitar riffer mm-hmm. we don't need we don't need them but we can always use a, a friendly fresh face yeah because it's brand new and it's never been seen before and it'll never be duplicated so you can always have something to bring to the table just by being your own self and not trying to copy anybody yeah and I'll, I'll say it, I think it works definitely for you, bud, because, um, uh, I mean, you, you it's funny, like, when, if you're in this kind of corner of uh, YouTube, which um, I very much am, you know, I'll see a video of, like, a new amp or a new pedal or software or something. Like, funny enough, you use a lot of the stuff that I've already got into STL. You know, oh, sick, and man. I, l- I absolutely love it. Um, and they put stuff out, and then I'll yeah. see a ton of videos. So, like, one by you, one by, you know, um, Ryan from Riffs, Beers, and Gears. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe even Hunter, you know, Agrofish or, or Ola England. And suddenly I'll have all these personalities and yourself included. And I'll watch all the videos because each and every one of you will have something different to say and will approach it from a completely different angle. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like saturation of a market. It just feels like, no, these are just four guys, you know, four or five guys that are all going to tell me something different about this new thing that's come out. Yeah. Well, uh, to be in that same category as those other names is is <laughs> very kind of you. Thank you, man. Uh, um, but yeah, it's like I do the same thing. Like whenever I have a video out with a company or whatever, like mm. guess what? As soon as mine's up, guess what I'm doing? I'm watching everybody else's because yeah. it's like it's fun, dude. It's like an event. Like it's like an event for all of us to get together. Yeah. And um, I'm very fortunate enough to have an an audience that cares about what I have to say about the new plugin, the new mm. amp, the new it's um it's dude, it's so amazing. Um but yeah, like we all as you know, we I mean look at me being audacious putting it's putting not, myself in not, that it's, it's putting not, myself dude, in that category. Not, hang on, hang on let's, let, let's back up. Let's back up. You've been very modest and humble, which is great. But you Listen just said it yourself. But you just said it yourself. You you put five years into this, and you're putting out videos like every day, pretty much. So you've you've earned yeah. the right to uh, to say. So go on. I know. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm still trying to figure it out, but um, <laughs> hey, anyway, <aren't> we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, right? Um, mm. but yeah, it's just literally just like when something comes out, it's an event for all of us to hang out with all our friends and you know watch our friends that have cool channels, um, and then interact with familiar faces in the comment section like i don't know who any of these people are but i know like their their picture and yeah. their their like screen name whatever username whatever you want to call it and mm. like i have like a friendship with these like 
like people that are profiles that you'll you'll probably never meet but like you know like when you put out a video like you know eagles fan 1959 or you know like whatever like we'll we'll comment and like you recognize like their their positive vibes that they give to you and like it's Mm. like a cool it's just like such a cool thing um that we all kind of do just being our own unique selves in our corner like you said yeah and that sense of community, I think if you foster it, if you look after it, they look after you, right? So when you turn around and say, like, for example, hey, guys, I'm going to put an album out, you know, there's yeah. a p- bunch of people who are ready and willing to to be behind that and listen and, and support you on it. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great point. Um, yeah, like, it's almost like you really have to, like, earn people's, like, attention span. Definitely. It's called how, like, I don't mean, like, that's kind of true. Like, you really have to fight to gain any sort of notoriety and anything in life. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think, I just think it's to reflect on that. I think it's just cool how, like, I've done a lot of cool stuff in the last five years that people are now interested to hear when it's, when it's my turn to really go for something and, like, put a lot of money and time into it and create Mm -hmm. something original. People are like, stoked to hear it yeah and I, I i guess it's just from years of just like grinding it out trying my best to entertain and educate and share my experiences along the way with my love for guitar and and gear and you know music alike yeah absolutely and I, and again it it comes across that's that's <laughs> the main thing <laughs> thanks man i'm, I'm trying I'm, I'm just trying man i really am thank you bud so I just uh, I wanted to kind of ask: Is there anything else you wanted to bring up with this subject, with sort of music in general? The only thing I could say is that the older I get, the more I just realize how joyful I am just around music. Yeah, like I I never understood like when people would say things like you know getting lost in the instrument or like I know right. the chili the chili, chili peppers always say like oh the spirits around us when we're playing. I had no idea what they were talking about. And now I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm that spiritually connected to the instrument where I feel spirits around me per se. (laughs) But I do understand the concept of like, it's an attachment to me, the guitar is like, it's an extension. That's what I'm trying to say, an extension of me. Um, And just what truly makes me happy after um, just a, a, a lot of rough goes physically um mm. just playing playing the guitar and just like getting lost in it and just like putting all anxiety or worries aside and just playing is like the coolest thing it's it it's really become my favorite thing to do in life and it took a long time to get here but it's it's really cool that like this is what i'm doing with my life now it's pretty wild. awesome it yeah. is but i mean it, again i feel fair play you've you've worked hard to get it and ah uh, thanks man I'm hoping for people who are listening to this who perhaps aren't familiar with this type of music or your work will go and check it out, first of all. And then second of all, it kind of hopefully gives them a bit of inspiration to go and be creative yourself and, you know, shines a little bit of light on what it's like to be a heavy metal guitarist, you know? You can, you can be joyful, you can enjoy pop music, it's all good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, I don't fit the mold per se. No, but I love that and it's... I do too. Yeah, man. I it, love it, too. it. It's another reason again why I kind of gravitated towards your channel. It was like, oh, he's a dude who's just having fun playing big stompy riffs that I can get yeah. behind, but he's doing it with a big, great big grin and yeah. is just enjoying himself. 
yeah it's fun man like yeah i, I don't i don't understand that. like ugh, the best feelings like when you hear like a sick breakdown it like cracks yes. me up like i yeah. smile and ah it's, yeah so like i do that whenever i play so anyway yeah mm. little little unique approach to it all but that's just what i do i guess yeah well listen i just want to say thank you so much man for coming on and i guess to oh, take no us worries, home man. where can the good people find you and all the work that you do all right so my entity across social media is stay metal ray um youtube instagram tiktok facebook um and all streaming platforms spotify amazon all that stuff um but yeah man i just want to leave it with saying this is thank you so much for having me on today i really really sincerely appreciate it it was a lot of fun and um just really enjoyed hanging out with you today all right likewise man it's a genuine honor thank you ah uh, no worries bro and there we have it a huge thank you to ray for coming onto the podcast and sharing your love of this incredible genre of music i hope you guys find that conversation just as inspiring as i did if you haven't already, make sure you check out his album, Chronic Pain. It really is absolutely fantastic. I've been listening to it nonstop since it came out. Cannot recommend it enough. As well as his YouTube channel, Stay Metal Ray. You can find that all in the show notes link below. Make sure you go and give him a follow on all your favorite platforms too. And let him know what you thought of this episode and indeed of his album and all of his creative work because... I know he really appreciates the support. So once again, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on to the show. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, then please make sure that you subscribe, you follow, all that good stuff, so you stay tuned for what is now a weekly podcast. There is going to be so much great stuff coming up for you guys over the next few weeks. And there's an entire back catalogue of episodes to go and check out. There's over 50 at this point to go and see. I've explored all sorts of different topics in pop culture with some truly remarkable guests. So if you're new here to the podcast, welcome aboard. Love to have you. Just make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss out. And if you'd like to go ahead and support the podcast, there's a number of ways of doing that. The best way and really the one that is the most important is to tell people. It's that simple. You can tell anyone you like, however you like. I really appreciate that. Just passing on these episodes makes such a huge difference. If you want to do it via social media, that has the added benefit of allowing myself and my guests to get involved with that. You can tag myself and Ray via the social media details that are in the show notes. You can do so on Twitter or Instagram and we can respond, say thank you for sharing the episode, letting us know what you think. Uh, you can also leave a lovely five-star review on your favorite podcatcher. I know that's a really helpful way of promoting podcasts. So if you enjoyed this episode, click five stars or leave a nice review wherever you can. And if you do that, please make sure you tell me because I'd love to read it out and give you a big thank you on this show. It really is the least that I can do. There are, of course, a few other ways that you can support the podcast financially if you feel like doing so. You can buy yourself a nice piece of merch from the Tee Public store, also linked in the show notes, or you can donate directly via the coffee support page. Again, that's all in the show notes for you if you feel like getting involved. Uh, make sure that you leave your details when you do give a donation so I can say thank you and give you the praise that you deserve on this very podcast. And before I completely sign off here, I'd like to let you know that I had the privilege of being on the incredible podcast, Unequal Sequel. The podcast is hosted by Richard Wilshire and David Curtis. They were guests on this show a few months ago, and we talked about, funny enough, podcasts. It was a lot of fun talking with them way back in December, I believe that was. And yeah, they invited me on to their show. I was 
really honored to be asked on because they've had some incredible guests. But yeah, they had me on. It was a ton of fun. And you should go and check out that podcast, not just because I'm on it, of course, but because it is an absolutely fantastic podcast. I'll make sure to chuck in a link for that in the show notes as well. Right, that's enough from me. I'll be back next week with a completely different guest on a completely different topic. In the meantime, go and listen to Chronic Pain. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and have a great rest of the week. See you next time.